Welcome to the Rooted and Reaching podcast, a ministry of First Baptist Church in Charlottetown, PEI, Canada. At First Baptist Church, our vision is to be people deeply rooted in the amazing gospel of Jesus Christ, who then reach out into our neighborhood, city, and the world as we live and share the good news. Here is this week's Rooted and Reaching message from FBC Charlottetown. Well, last week we started this purposeful four-Sunday journey to Christmas. And we talked about some details about a birth, but it was a birth different than what we might have expected. Last week, we talked about the nativity of John the Baptist. We started by meeting up with John's father, Zechariah. He's away from home, serving as a priest in the temple. He encounters the angel Gabriel while he's there, and Gabriel has this miraculous message for him. The message was, You know that one that we've been waiting for, that we've been talking about for 700 years, the one who's going to come and who's going to announce that the Messiah is on his way? Well, that's going to be your son, Zechariah. That Elijah from the Old Testament or in the the model of Elijah from the Old Testament, he's going to come and he's going to come and be raised in your home, Zechariah. So in their advanced age... Again, however you want to define that. Uh, They welcome Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth, this baby, into their family. They are at home. They stay at home because it appears that home for them, in amidst all of what they had just come to terms with or were slowly coming to terms with, was a place of safety. Home was a place of security, and that's where the Bible says the Elizabeth stayed secluded for nearly half a year. Well, this week we're turning more directly to the birth narrative of Jesus. We're going to read about this young, unmarried uh, girl from Nazareth named Mary. And once again, the idea of going home plays a significant part. Luke's gospel uh, it includes a remarkable, but as I think we'll see, also reminiscent scene that takes place in Mary's hometown. We're going to be in Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 26, if you want to turn there in your Bibles. Now, there's a a lot, a ton of important and informative content here. But as we read it, what I would want to commend to you is notice the parallels with what we read last Sunday here at first. Parallels between Mary's conversation with the angel Gabriel and Zechariah's encounter with that same messenger angel months earlier. So again, Luke chapter 1, and we're beginning to read at verse 26. I'm reading in the uh, English Standard Version. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what kind of greeting, what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I'm a virgin? 
And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I'm the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now in those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. She entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. So as we work through that text... I find it fascinating how both Mary and Zechariah, when they encounter the angel, are simply just going about their regular day's business. They're just normal, regular people doing what they felt they needed to do. And that messenger angel comes to both of them, and it's the same messenger angel, Gabriel. Both Mary and Zechariah are told, to their respective enormous surprise, they're going to become parents. We can quickly see how that was not on their respective to-do lists for that day, becoming a parent. Quite literally, this message has come out of the clear blue sky. Both Zechariah and Mary jump straight to biology, <laughs> trying to figure this out. Zechariah says, I'm too old. Mary says, I'm too young and too unmarried. It's pretty clear. At this moment, neither of them, when they meet Gabriel, had any inclination that parenthood was going to be imminent for them or even possible for them. Now, for his part, as we read last week, Zechariah was struck mute, not as a punishment because he asked for evidence, but as inarguable proof of what Gabriel was telling him. For her part, Mary asks for no sign. Instead, she simply accepts the message fully, commits herself to God, consenting, consenting, as was her right to do, consenting to indeed carry God's Messiah into the world. So, Fascinating parallels, two separate meetings with the same angel, two different babies, both blessed by God, both would in time play unique and vital parts in the plan of our salvation from God. God instituted that plan all the way back in Genesis chapter 3. But today I want to talk about how Mary's actions and her ensuing actions, let's see how they inform First Baptist Advent theme of homecoming this year. The Bible says that having gotten this life-changing, world-shaking news, Mary's first act is to leave town. That's the first thing. Some translations say she hurried. 
Others say she went with haste. But what we see is that the angel Gabriel leaves in verse 38, and by verse 39, Mary is getting out of Dodge. Why? Almost surely there's some really good reasons for that. One might be for safety reasons. According to Deuteronomy 22, under the law of God, for having become pregnant while unmarried, obviously in everyone's opinion, a sign of adultery, she would be judged publicly and then stoned to death, wrongly. But you know, I was thinking it might also be that she just needed to be with someone who would get it. Get what she's about to go through. There are few comforts, I think, more healing than being with a person who personally understands what it is that you've gone through or what it is that you're going through. When somebody gets it, there are few things as strong. And who else in the entire world could possibly get what Mary was about to go through or was going through in that moment? No one had ever faced this before. Most assuredly, no one would ever face this again. But Gabriel said in verse 36 that Mary's much older relative, Elizabeth, also knew the experience of being a unique part of God's plan in a particular way. So that was close enough for Mary. She'll get it enough. Mary arrives at Zechariah and Elizabeth's home. The greeting she immediately receives is one full of joy and happiness, blessing and excited anticipation over God's unfolding salvation plan. So much joy, so much excitement that in verses 46 to 55, we see this beautiful song that just pours out of Mary. Thanks to a Latin translation, it's called, most famously, the Magnificat. It just comes from the first words that she speaks. My soul magnifies the Lord. And that song could be an entire Advent series itself. But that song shows how the fear and the confusion that she most certainly must have been facing has turned to joy and to celebration for Mary. But then look at verse 56. Now that she's filled with joy, now that things are absolutely exciting and wonderful. Verse 56 says that Mary's first thing to do is, after three months, return home. Going back to Nazareth again. Where she had just left months earlier with haste, she's now going back. It's not clear, just for timeline purposes, whether that three months, you know, she stayed. It was the sixth month of, of Elizabeth's pregnancy when she arrived. It says she stayed for three months, and then she went back to Nazareth. What we don't know is whether she stayed long enough for John the Baptist's birth or whether she left uh, before that happened. But it's right around that time. She's going home, going back to Nazareth. She has seen the angel's promises come to fruition in Elizabeth. She's certainly sensing the angel's promises coming to fruition in her. And now it's time for Mary's homecoming. And make no mistake, we're going to look at this next week, so you know, don't jump ahead in, in your mind here, but let's not imagine that everything has all been worked out and everything is perfectly safe and everything is perfectly fine back in Nazareth. Because it's not. 
She is now undeniably, visibly, more than likely, with child. The explanation for it, (laughs) I'm carrying the child of God. That's going to be a tough sell to the neighbors and family. That hasn't been sorted out yet. Never mind her fiancé. She could still very possibly face public ridicule, maybe death. But she is a servant of the Lord. She has clearly resolved to fully trust in his plan. So, in spite of all that still remains unknown back in Nazareth, Mary has evidently determined that the best place for her at this time is home. Her home. When we started out last week, I introduced this idea of a theology of home. And it might best be described not so much in words, although I tried, but perhaps we better understand it by emotion. Like I was thinking about times when we lived back in Ontario of, you know, having been in, you know, the Windsor, Detroit area or coming across the border at Windsor, Detroit, and you come across the Ambassador Bridge And then you come down the other side of it, and you're in Ontario. Home. Home where it's familiar. Home where it's comfortable. Home where the signs are in kilometers per hour. Home. We were off island recently, and the same thing. It was literally come off the Confederation Bridge back onto PEI, and I just felt like this exhale. Uh, home, home. So this is what I was trying to get at last Sunday when I suggested that our understanding, our experience with the sensation of home can have an enormous impact on our understanding of the nature and character of God. Like, if your home life is one that makes you feel safe, warm, then the idea of being invited into God's household, it's going to be framed by that experience. Because you know how it feels. But the opposite is also true. If home brings to mind feelings of being unsafe, emotionally cold, well, that can't help but give a person pause when you hear that God wants to adopt you into his house. Wait a minute, I've, I've been in a home. I've been in a family. I'm not so sure. You see, so that's that theology of home, how it impacts our understanding of who God is. This is our personal theology of home at work. It really, really impacts our understanding of the goodness and the comfort of God in Christ Jesus. So Mary innately knows she can come home from having been away at Zechariah and Elizabeth's home because she knew firsthand the goodness of God. When Mary's heart overflows in song of praise, that leads her to go back home. And it's no longer with fear and trembling. Now it's with assurance. Now it's with conviction that God is for her. God is with her. God is within her. But here's the miracle. God calls every single person to come back home to him. 
without fear, without trembling, and with songs of praise on our lips and faithful assurance in our hearts. Why do the angels, do you think, rejoice when a person calls Jesus Lord for the first time? It's because they've come home. They've come back home. His home. You've been listening to the Rooted and Reaching podcast, a weekly ministry of First Baptist Church in Charlottetown, PEI, Canada. Our theme music is inspired by Ben Sound. For more information or to support the ministries of FBC Charlottetown, please visit our website, myfbc.ca, today. If you found the content of today's podcast encouraging, please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast and drop us a comment. In addition, consider sharing today's Rooted and Reaching podcast with at least one other person this week who might be blessed through it or become better biblically rooted through it. Until next time, thank you for listening.